Hey, this is Liz. And this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We're talking Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbeam, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. Talk to you soon. The body of 34-year-old Nicole Brown Simpson, ex-wife of O.J. Simpson, was found. Really believe Kurt Cobain is dead. Millions of people mourned the tragic death of John Lennon today. Struggles to come to terms with the death of Princess Diana. Waiting for Do you have a phone? I do. Um... It's whereabouts remain a mystery. Underneath a pillow, perhaps. Yep. Just a different pillow than I was expecting. Good call. No problem. I'm just going to bring this guy a little bit closer. Okay. Might be easier. Pop this cork. Yes. You can add that in. Oh, I'm gonna. Perfect. That's (sighs) right. Welcome to Wine and Misfortune. Yes, wine and misfortune. I mm-hmm. like it. Wine, fame, and misfortune. Just kidding. In that order. Well, now we're just reviewing wines as we <laughs> talk so about. So have you seen The Office? Of course you have. Yes, of course Because I you're have. a decent human being. Yeah, except you uh, don't watch Big Bang Theory, with, but First of all, different. I feel like I should let our listeners know that I'm currently double fisting a Strongbow Cherry Blossom hard apple cider and also a glass of Moscato. That you are. That You're is welcome. an accurate depiction. Um, I'm done with my <clears throat> coffee, but at one point I had coffee and rosé and water, so... I mean, what's better than day drinking and podcasting, honestly? Basically nothing. Pretty much nothing. Thank you for being a day drinker with me. I can't find many of those anymore. You're welcome. <laughs> my alcoholism runs deep. It, like, it's a part of me now. My drink selection runs deep. This is pretty <laughs> much how... She's got a collection. It looks mm-hmm. everywhere. Um... So I was talking about the office yesterday with Heather, who is the love of my life and yes. my other my counterpart. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about the episode where they go to the dinner party and they're okay. doing the wine tasting. Yes, and he's like swirling the wine and he's like, "This is a white." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, fucking same. Yeah, I don't. So um, unless you follow me on Instagram or have talked to me, and we sort of hit on this a while ago, which by the way, I should probably have like a thing maybe that's my problem that's a good idea i'm sure we have a thing look just like this a basket thing sorry everybody listening to this you're probably just hating hating me yeah so that's got my that's probably games in it i saw that's probably better for me since i'm so quiet ish um but i go to these um wine dinners every Mm -hmm. now and then and it's basically a different wine with every meal. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, you know I'm not really a real wine drinker, as I like to call it. Like, an adult wine, dry right. wines, dry reds, you know, like, those aren't my thing. Give me a Moscato, give me a rosé, give me champagne, and yes. you have me. I would me. like to be drinking yeah. liquid sugar. Right. Like, a sweeter wine is yes. 
much more up my alley. I like drinking alcohol, but I don't want to taste my alcohol. Right. Or champagne of any kind, really. I'm not not too dry. I don't like extra dry, but I'm down with champagne of any sort. Yes. Um, But these are actually, I guess it's true, if you have the right food with them, they are really good. Are they? Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's usually a sweet wine or something to round off, like, with dessert. Mm -hmm. Um, You usually get, like, a small port or something that's, like, really sweet. Um, So there's that. And I did go, Christmas time is always a champagne dinner. Mm -hmm. So... Um, very important for me. That's my only one that I'm required I go to. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I try to be a winner every time I go, so I'm pretty good at winning both years. I've won the champagne at dinner, so How do you I win? pride myself. Um, they do, like, a social media thing, and so mm-hmm. if you hashtag um, the event, and then they go by that and see, like, what you're posting, and they judge Smart. you on that. So yeah. I'm the reigning champion oh, two years in a row. This is why uh, Stephanie is now our social media manager. Yeah, so, wait. Um, anyway, the point was to be that it's true that if you have the right foods with them, they do taste good. I feel like you're wrong, because I had a Malbec once, and I thought I was going to vomit on the table. No, literally, I do not drink these any other time except for when, and I mean, these are, like, five-star, like, Meals. It's not just going to Outback with a steak and, like, here's the wine. Did I tell you I had a Bloomin' Onion yesterday? <laughs> Your favorite. Kicked ass. I'm not surprised. It was so good. I bet it was. It was worth every moment. Was also, it? Also, um, here to save a life, on okay. Mondays at Outback, if you buy a drink, a Bloomin' Onion is free. Bloomin' fucking Mondays, y'all. Lord. Outback, you better sponsor me. Send us a gift card for her, please. Please. Oh or just, God. like, a lifetime supply of Bloomin' Onions. That's all I need. Okay. Well, there's... So, what was that about dieting? Mm. <laughs> I was going to mention it, but I didn't want to bring it up. Mm. However, the point is, is that the adult wines are actually good if you actually eat the right good food with them. I haven't loved every wine. This is... Why haven't we done this from the beginning? Because I don't know. I am living you, the life. You are, right with now. your blankie and I am PJs and... so cozy. You wish you could be me right now. That's true. Um, I have a second blanket, if you'd like to get No, it's good. Thank okay. you. But yes, I highly recommend, if you can go to, like, a vineyard or something and do, like, a proper wine tasting, not out of the <laughs> office with, like, <laughs> crockpot <laughs> meals and, yes. like, Arbor Mist, like, I mean, go to a vineyard and have, like, a dinner course meal with, like, a different wine, and I guarantee you it'll change your mind. You might not love everything, right? but you'll definitely notice You act like I have friends to do these things with. We can do it. Let's do it. Can I There's get, a vineyard in Claremont. Can I get wildly drunk and yell obscenities at people? Probably look down upon. Yeah. We can save that for a different bar later. What did you say last episode? I don't fucking care. I have well, a lot of structure and everything else in my life. Why look, do I want that in my wine I try tasters? to be presentable. <laughs> At times, I have to be presentable, and there's usually... It involves my mom's coworkers so I can't mm, be mm-hmm. but I guarantee you you're wasted and everybody's wasted and then there's an after party at the bar into it so let's do it it's always a party okay so the next time Marshall doesn't want to go to one with me yeah I'll be sure to I'll drink wine all day let long. you know anyway we're getting off topic so um fame and misfortune wine fame and misfortune day drinking edition oh there you go okay know either <laughs> um, I guess I'll get mine over with I'll let you enjoy your this is your nice. moment this is pleasant I'm gonna okay. be good and wasted by the time I get to mine perfect
I'm going to do mine on John Eleuthery. God, I have no idea how to spell or say this name. I is know a French? lot of things. It probably is. Um, E-L-E-U-T-H-E with an accent. Not quite sure mm -hmm. which accent mark. I just know it's an accent mark. Grammar is not my... Uh, I like writing papers, but I hate the grammar Got aspect it. of okay. it. R-E. E-T-H. E-L-E-U-T-H-E-R-E. Eleuther. There you go. That sounds about right. Like a Lumiere, but not a Lumiere. I can do everything except math. Hey. Very well. We all well. have our strong suits. Um, I know how like to pronounce New York City boroughs, and you don't. So, um, I know how to phonetically pronounce New York City boroughs. And how about you fuck off? How about that? Okay, well, that's why the English language sucks. I agree. 10 out of 10. I'll that's, drink to that. That's why Spanish people don't want to learn English. People get it together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Get yep, it yep. together. In French, there's literally one word for everything. Yes. The same word. One word. One word. Same word. Mm -hmm. And you can't change it. They don't all, allow things. the entire yeah the single word is fromage the entire yes. French language is just cheese that's what it is well basically mm -hmm. I mean and croissant croissant my little croissant yes. have you ever seen that video yes you showed what? me yes okay all right back to my <laughs> person um, so John Dupont um, I'm sort of taking it back to somebody who became famous for what he did so like Robert Durst he was from a very wealthy family. Okay. Um, and didn't really gain fame until he, well, he murdered someone. Ooh. So um, he was born on November 22nd, 1938 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and was the youngest of four children. His parents were William DuPont Jr. and Jean Lysiter Austin. Um, looks like she was born in 1897 to oh. 1988. So. Yikes. She was a old. long time. Yeah. Um, he grew up at Lysiter Hall, a mansion built in 1922 in Newton Square, Pennsylvania. Is it Newton or Newtown? Probably Newtown. It's one word, but... It's Newton. Is it? I don't know. You don't know. It's Newtown Square. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> I love how you're like, you don't know. You um, fucking know. Nobody knows if you care to write in. I'm feeling like a Karen and Georgia thing... Where, unless you're from places, you're you just don't know care. how to say things. Like, no one will ever know how to say Kissimmee, or Okeechobee, or Mikanobi, or Donisasa. Or what's that one? Palaka? Palaka? Palaka. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> screw off, all yep. of you. Bye. Um, we get it. We don't know how to say things unless we live there. Nope, sure don't. Um... So it was built by his maternal grandfather on more than 200 acres of land that was given to his parents at their wedding by his grandfather. That's a nice gift. That's a hell of a nice gift. I mean, I would take that gift. How do I register for that? <laughs> um, um, do they have those at Target or? Yeah. Amazon? <laughs> Prime? Wedding registry? Um, anyway. Um, crate and Barrel, maybe? Mm. Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn. Both his 
parents' families had immigrated from Europe to the United States at the beginning of the 19th century, and both were highly successful. Mm -hmm. Um, During the 1920s and 1930s, the couple acquired more land and developed Lysander Hall Farm for thoroughbred breeding, showing, and racing. Um, His mother retained Lysander Hall Farm after the couple divorced in 1941. She added a dairy herd of Guernseys and and bred Welsh ponies at the farm. Guernseys are cute. They're kind of like jerseys, I think, but they're not jersey-related, in case you're wondering. What are we talking about at this point? Cows. I just like cows. They're very cute. I don't know anything about the different varieties. Oh, but I do know there are Highland cattle. Sheep, Highland sheep cattle, Highland cattle, mm-hmm. whatever. They're short they're cute. and fluffy. Yep. And they then get there big. are mini ones. They get big. Yeah, but there are also mini ones. Um, and that's what I want in life. <laughs> okay. Marshall wants one too. There's somebody on um, 33 that has them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like near on this 30, area. Yeah. Like where I can go and stare at them for hours on end. Yeah. Um, 33 and like Dean still. So. When are we going? Whenever. Got it. Um, they had like a mama and a baby. So he was two when his parents divorced. Um, he has two older sisters, Jean and Evelyn, an older brother, Henry E. I. DuPont, and a younger half-brother, William DuPont III, born of their father's second marriage. So there you go. Yeah. Lots of kids. Um he graduated from Haverford School in 1957. I wonder if it started by Tom Haverford. Hmm. I don't know who Tom Haverford is. Wait, JK. Oh, my I God. I just realized when I said that out loud. I'm like, you dummy. Um, then he attended the University of Pennsylvania, where he belonged to the Zeta... Oh, Zeta. Zeta. P-S-I. Psi. Psi. That's what I thought. It's been a long time since I studied the Greek language. Sorry, mm-hmm. everybody. Um, and withdrew before completing his freshman year. He then later attended college in Miami, Florida, where he studied under and was mentored by scientist Oscar T. Ower? O-W-R-E. What is with all these fucking people's R- names? R- <sighs> Thank God we moved on to things like Smith <laughs> and life. Um, Mahaffey. Yeah. He graduated from the University of Miami in 1965 with a Bachelor of Science degree in zoology. He went on to complete a doctorate in natural science from Villanova University in 1973. So, interestingly enough, um, there was a podcast that came out in October 2015. I don't want to say who it started by because it kind of ties into the later bit. But in that podcast, it was revealed that when John was about 30 years old, a horse he was riding threw him into a fence, injuring his testicles. Mm. They became infected and were removed, mm. resulting in his adrogynous characteristics for the remainder of his life. Yikes. So, you see this picture of him? He's a little... Androgynous? Yeah, it's a little... Mm. Not quite sure. It's a little femme, but, like, not too yeah. femme. All right. If you see other pictures, you definitely... So, um, he did start a science career, but that's not really his most interesting thing. Um, but he was credited with the discovery of two dozen species of birds. Um, he also founded the Delaware Museum of Natural History in 1957. 
Um, He served on the board and helping guide the institution toward opening in 1972. So he went on a lot of scientific expeditions, um, and he served as director of the museum for many years. At the age of 45 on... I'm guessing this is in the right fucking order. No. Sure isn't. How did I get it out of order? Oh, nope, it is. Just kidding. (laughs) At the age of 45 on September 3rd, 1983, DuPont married 29-year-old Gail Wank, an occupational therapist. They met after he injured his hand in an auto accident. They lived together for less than six months. DuPont filed for divorce when they had been married for ten months. She sued DuPont for five million, claiming he had pointed a gun at her and tried to push her into a fireplace. Oh, my God. Yeah. Their divorce became final in 1987. DuPont's will excluded her from inheriting any of his estate. In 1987, it was estimated that, du- that John DuPont was worth $200 million. Hi, I'm Sheena, the host of the Dear Mill Family podcast. I talk about anything and everything related to military life with other military spouses, active duty members, veterans, and even children about the challenges we face and the silver linings we find along the way. Let's face it, military life is difficult enough, so if we can talk more to each other about choices, get advice from those who have been there, and have some fun connecting, we can better navigate the military lifestyle. There is definitely not one way to live this life, so come on over and embrace the suck with us. New episodes release every Tuesday, and you can find me on social media, DearMillFamily.com, or on your favorite podcast app. So, I'm guessing with the exchange rate, he's worth quite a bit more. 200 mil in 1987 was huge. Sure. Um... He also wasted a lot of money. He bid anonymously in a 1980 auction that he paid $935,000 for one of the rarest stamps in the world, the British Guyana 1856 one-cent black on magenta. Oh. Why? I don't know. Because he was a collector of weird crap. Hmm. The stamp was sold at auction after his... Death for 9.5 mil. Hmm. Yeah, at Sotheby's, June 17th in 2014. For the fourth time, the stamp broke the record for a single stamp sale. Why is this so important? I don't like, know. I should so have looked that up it. a little bit more. Um, yeah, he was a stamp collector, so it's weird, but... Everybody's into something. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then he tried his hand at athletics, so, um, after his mother passed, he developed the 440-acre Lysiter Hall Farm in Newtown, Newton, slash Newton, slash question mark, square, as a high-quality wrestling facility for amateur wrestlers. He called the private group Team Foxcatcher after his father's noted racing stable, DuPont established an Olympic swimming and wrestling training center and sponsored competitive events at the estate. He also allowed some people, such as Olympic champion wrestlers Mark Schultz and later his older brother Dave Schultz and his wife, to live in houses on the grounds for years. Hmm. Dave Schultz also coached the Foxcatcher team. So, DuPont became a sponsor in wrestling, swimming, track, and the modern 
Pentathlon? And yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, he was also involved in promoting a subset of the modern Pentathlon. Pen- yeah, I What's don't know. What's it spelled like? P-E-N-T-A-T-H-L-O-N. Pentathlon? No. No, Pentathlon. Yeah. Pentathlon? Okay, sure. Know. It's a run, swim, shoot, so it's like a triathlon. Oh, but it's... But, like, but like different. But it says only run, swim, shoot, so I'm not sure why it's not a different version of a triathlon. Right. So. Hmm. As a separate event. So maybe, I don't know. That's weird. Um, he took up athletics and became a competitive wrestler in his 50s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just imagining this 50-year-old man wearing, like, a luchador mask, you know? Yeah, like, talk about a midlife crisis. Like, at 50, you want to start wrestling? Now it's time to let other men oil me up. Yes. <laughs> so his only prior wrestling experience was as a freshman in high school. But that, okay. All right. So, like, 39 years later, we've decided, <laughs> or 35, whatever. This is my true calling. Right. Anyway, he began competing again at the age of 55. Okay. In the 1992's Veterans World Championships in Cali, Colombia. Following that, in 1993 in Toronto, Ontario, in 1994 in Rome, Italy, and 1995 in Sofia, Bulgaria. Hmm. Bulgaria? Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. Bulgaria. What the fuck? Dumb. whole thing is dumb. <laughs> um, so, but flashing back to the year of his mom's death in 1988, <clears throat> a, he had started... He had funded a wrestling program at Villanova, mm-hmm. his alma mater, but um, apparently it was prob- problem-plagued, and it was shut down just after two years. Um, in December of 1988, a lawsuit, which was settled out of court, claimed DuPont had made improper sexual advances to Villanova assistant coach and Andre Metzger. Hmm. So, I'm not surprised. He's also 50 and wants to wrestle. Yep. He clearly makes he the best choices. He is a little weird. And mm-hmm. aside from the fact that he tried to push his ex-wife into a fireplace and held a gun to her head. Right. I'm wondering what the arguments were really about. You know. That's a good question. Like, what brought on the arguments? It couldn't be money. They had all kinds of money. Right. So what was it that he was set off by like why right. was he and they divorced after 10 months yeah separated. very quickly so, so he must have been a real creeper that's exactly. my there had to be a reason yeah so we're moving on to the murder part of this situation um january 26 1996 dupont shot and killed dave schultz in the driveway of Schultz's home on DuPont's 800-acre estate. Who is Dave Schultz again? So he was um, the coach for Team Foxcatcher, the wrestling thing he started. Got it. Um, And he'd been living there, raised children there. I mean, his wife and kids lived there. His younger brother lived there and was on the team. So he's, Um, like, pretty well-known in the community. Yes. Um... 
So, Schultz's wife, Nancy, and DuPont's head of security, Patrick Goodall, were present and witnessed the crime. The security chief was sitting in the passenger seat of DuPont's car when DuPont fired three bullets into Schultz. Police did not establish a motive. Schultz had worked with DuPont to coach the wrestling team for years. So, like, seemingly out of nowhere, for no reason... Just decides he's going to shoot a human being and kill Correct. Okay. With witnesses. Like, it's not like they met up or he set up like, oh, hey, let's go shoot birds at the back of the property mm-hmm. or like target practice and like accidentally shoots him or claims to have accidentally shot him. Okay. He literally just rolls up to the guy's house. Hey, how's he's it He's outside, shoots him. All while being driven around by, like, his security. Um. And with the wife there. Like, standing right there. What the fuck? Yeah. So it's a little crazy. That's like some son of Sam shit. Uh-huh. You know, he would just wander around New York City and be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm gonna kill this person now and just shoot him in broad daylight and walk away. Right. Like, nothing was wrong. Correct. Insanity. Um. So, of course, his friends said the shooting was uncharacteristic. Well, I think... When your friend shoots anybody, it's murders someone. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's pretty uncharacteristic. Right. But I feel like we've... They saw signs of him doing something Well, if somebody's gonna just shoot crazy. somebody in plain sight, for the most part, yeah, you do see signs. There are warning yeah. signs. Um, so, Joy Hansen Lutner, a triathlete from Hermosa Beach, California, lived for two years on this estate... She said that DuPont helped her through a stressful period in the mid-1980s. She later said, With my family and friends, John gave me a new lease on life. He gave more than money. He gave himself emotionally. Creepy. Mm-hmm. She expressed incredulity about the killing. She is quoted as saying, There's no way John in his right mind would have killed Dave. Well, sounds no. like he was in his complete right mind and sober and just out of nowhere killed Dave. So, I mean, like... Right. It happens. Something's wrong. Because right. Because that's exactly the situation. Correct. Um, so, Newtown, Newton Township, whichever, <laughs> Supervisor John S. Custer Jr., quite the name, Custer, said at the time of the murder, John didn't know what he was doing. I mean. Is this in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Newtown, Pennsylvania. Newtown. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So that's what I thought. Thank you. Yep. Um, Charles King Sr., DuPont stable hand and manager for 30 years, claimed he knew DuPont well throughout his life. King's son, Charles Chucky King Jr., said he considered DuPont his friend during his childhood. And why do people back people like this up? Like, well, I think a lot of it has less to do with being supportive for the person and more to do with not really knowing how to accept it, so they just kind of go back to who they knew and who they've known for all these years and, you know, just kind of... I guess, but, I mean, but, like, that one woman, Joy, is, like, in complete denial about it. Yeah. I mean, everyone deals with things in different ways. I guess. But at the same time, at some point, you have to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, my friend did slaughter a person in broad daylight. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Moving on, so speaking more to the point is that people did notice that DuPont had increasingly disruptive behavior in the months before the murder. Um, Charles King Sr. blames DuPont's security consultant, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. Patrick Goodall, for influencing what happened. So that's interesting. Um, he says, King says, I don't think John could shoot someone unless he was pushed to or was on drugs. After that guy started hanging around him, my son always said Johnny changed. He was scared of everything. He was always a little off. But I never had problems with him, and my son never had problems. Okay, but didn't they do a toxicology report? And he wasn't, like, they, I mean, is it determined that he was not on drugs? So, here's the thing. After the shooting, DuPont locked himself in his mansion for two days while he negotiated with police on the telephone. Oh. If you're interested, there are recordings I of am it. interested. Um, there's actually a documentary on Netflix a while back about this. You know how I feel about documentaries. So. I'm very into them. I think it's called, I want to say it's To Catch a Killer, but that might be wrong. That hmm. sounds like it could be something else. Nobody quote me on that. I'll Google it in a second, <laughs> or it's probably on here. Um, so, police ended up turning off his power and were able to ca- capture him when he went outside to fix his heater. So, mm. it's wintertime. It's cold. Yes. They turn it all off. He goes out to try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, September of 1996, DuPont was ruled incompetent to stand trial as experts testified that he was psychotic and could not participate in his own defense. Yeah. He was committed to a mental hospital, and his condition was to be reviewed by the court in three months. Shit. Mm-hmm. So, during the trial, one of the defense's expert psychiatric witnesses described DuPont as a paranoid schizophrenic who believed Schultz was part of an international conspiracy to kill him. This is the defense, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they do anything to defend their client. Right, and if your client's crazy, you have to come up with a crazy defense. Correct. He said DuPont believed people would break into his house and kill him, and that he had installed a variety of security features in his house. Hmm. Yep. DuPont pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. The insanity defense was thrown out by the court, and on February 25th, 1997, a jury found him guilty of third-degree murder, but mentally ill. Hmm. So... So he didn't get off because he was crazy. He still got tried. Murder tried, yeah. And he got third-degree murder, but they did also mention that he's mentally ill. Hmm. So, I'm on the fence a little bit personally about not guilty by reason of insanity. Like, in general or in yeah. this case? No, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Is it a little more sad when things like that happen? Oh, yeah. Sure. But, and maybe it's more case-by-case situation, but I just don't feel like because you're crazy, you get to somehow get off with what you did. I think it depends on what kind of crazy um, and the extent to which you take your crazy. You know what I mean? Fair. So, like, there's all these mothers who kill their kids. Oh, yeah, because, like... 
the devil right lives told in them, them so right. or something Got it. right mm-hmm. so you know you drown your children because you think they're possessed by the devil God. so you're trying to save them right okay right but why didn't you also drown your husband or the cat or you know what i mean like what why were there no other instances right you know like that mother who tried to drive into the ocean with her kids she yeah. was trying to go in with them. She's like, we're all going to go together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that makes sense. That's completely insane. Right. Which makes sense to me. That's something that I would understand being tried, reason of, um, untried, untriable by reason of insanity. Right. That makes sense. But if you're killing your kids and you're just saying, you know, the voices told me to do it, okay. Well, to be honest, I know which case you're talking about, that lady in Texas, mm-hmm. right? the first Andrea something Mm -hmm. that it like was like oh my god yep moms actually do things like that Mm -hmm. and it's like her four kids exactly yep um I don't know how much you've looked into the case and I'm sure a lot of you know about it because it was a huge Mm -hmm. deal she was overwhelmed yeah exactly and unfortunately a lot of knowledge about postpartum wasn't, wasn't a thing right you know husband's having to go back to work exactly she's got a new baby everybody's like under the age of what six or something like that they were all very close in mm-hmm. age kids that age can't really help with a whole lot exactly and as a mom and a wife you're it, the society makes you feel like you have to be everything you've got to be perfect so right homemaker and and very religious following which is sure. fine so that usually means much more pressure on mm-hmm. being the perfect wife the godly wife the perfect wife mm-hmm. and being the perfect mother and being the perfect housewife and making mm-hmm. sure like everything's tidy and with four kids that's a lot right and it's i mean it's overwhelming owning dogs oh yeah absolutely um which is not to say dogs are like children but right like there's still life you're responsible for and there's messes to clean up and mm-hmm. you know there's Things disciplining they and, and they have to eat and mm-hmm. yeah it's just um it's not surprising to me right when things like that happen I, when moms yeah. lose their oh i agree shit um but i just feel like without just like in i think case by case it's just too easy to say somebody was just crazy. I agree. To me, completely. it's just too easy to be like, I was crazy. So, right. or I had a moment of crazy. Or exactly. now I am crazy. Right. Um, but then, like, where do you draw the line? Because then there are people like, you know, like Casey Anthony, mm-hmm. who was obviously very mentally ill because she lied for so long. You know, she was a, a what is it, a pathological liar yeah and she could not stop telling giant lies that she would get her stupid lies correct so there was something wrong with her is what i'm saying she had there was something incorrect in her brain right and then she you know her daughter dies under whatever circumstances we don't know um and then you know is she considered mentally ill or is it something that she was you know what i mean um i'm gonna go with no I agree, but... I think that she found it too difficult to be responsible for that. Right. She was young. Exactly. And she thought it might be fun Mm -hmm. to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And then I think when, like, real responsibilities came around, 
she wasn't about she it anymore. Couldn't do it, and I feel like she just was too ashamed to own up to her parents that like, hey, I don't have this job anymore. I need help, right? Um, or anything, and so she just built this like fantasy world mm-hmm. of yeah, I'm still working at Universal. I get paid so much, and mm-hmm. taking her to the nanny. You know, to her parents, mm-hmm. and then meanwhile, she's just hanging out at, like, her boyfriend's house. Right. All day. Her ex-boyfriend, I should mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, boyfriend at the time's house. Yes. Um, and then partying, or whatever. And then, I'm guessing, maybe taking her daughter to... Well, you know, at this point, we know she's already dead. The daughter. Mm-hmm. And these times that we're talking about, like, right. close to the case, and where she's, like, telling the boyfriend oh, she's with the nanny, and, like, let's go out tonight, and we know now that she wasn't. To me... Right. The signs very clearly point in her direction. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. Like, I just can't... This is... It's one of the cases that makes me the most angry. I agree. In the world. But my probably is, like, as far as insanity, I mean, she was not mentally well. She was... Somehow but I don't think she was crazy. Incorrect. I just think she. But she's... the thing is, she wasn't incoherent at the time of Kaylee's death. Correct. She was in her right mind, but her right mind was not healthy. So that's the thing that blows my mind is that we but, can't. But. But what way not healthy? Like, I feel like there is. Is it Andrea Olson? I want to say her last name is Olson, but I don't think that's I don't right. Know. Um. The mom in Texas. Right. Who probably was literally suffering from depression. And I don't, not, sh- I'm on the fence about the voices situation. Right. But obviously very overwhelmed. Sure. And then probably not in her right mind when she did it. Probably did it mostly out of like frustration. Right. Although it was like a one by one systematic weird thing. So. It's a little creepy, and definitely, mm-hmm. I feel like, a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like she may not have been 100%, but I don't think she's crazy. I agree. I think <clears throat> maybe with, like, therapy and, like, she could have been put on a different... She would have been okay, yeah. Different, right. But instead, you just make up stuff and make it up and make it up and make it up. Exactly. Forever. It's, it's just a, a whole... It's a... The justice system. What can mm-hmm. I say? Yeah. It's, it's a big it could, old thing. It is a big old thing. There's just so many, like with everything, There's you close one door and say, okay, none of this, but then another one opens mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well, wait, now we might have to that adjust sense, that first right? one. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, he's a piece of shit, basically. Yep. Um, so in Pennsylvania, third degree murder, speaking of justice system, is a lesser charge than first degree, which is intentional, or second degree, which is a passionate killing or a killing occurring the perpetration of a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you're robbing somebody it's like or an something, in the moment. Yeah. yes, um, and indicates a lack of intent to kill. I'm sorry. Where was the lack of intent? Yeah. What was the situation again? Give me a quick rundown. He rolled up to his driveway and shot him. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, but there was a lack of intent. How? Right. How, you don't miss. You First of all, you shouldn't be aiming and a gun. And fired three shots. Out of your window, out of your car window, where you're 
your driver is driving you. Oh, no, he was driving. I'm sorry. He was driving. The security chief was in the passenger seat. So he literally, he drove himself there, pointed his gun out the window, fired three shots into him and killed him. And then left. Correct. Why? And then held himself up in his house. Well, right, and they never found a motive as that to sounds, why. That's how is it except possible that Except for this that insanity that was... situation of that, you know, this one. If he drove himself there, that's premeditation already. I would he agree. drove himself there with a gun, a yep. loaded gun in uh-huh. the car. Uh huh. Yep, I agree. That's why I don't. That makes feel no like this argument is invalid. Get it together, Pennsylvania. It's invalid. It's Your reason of insanity, to me. That's why something like that, where it shows there's a bit of premeditation, I could maybe get behind your paranoid schizophrenic, something happens in the moment. Right, and then you shoot somebody. Right. Got it. But, like, the intent of loading a gun, getting in a vehicle, taking somebody else with you, driving to that home, and not even getting out of the car, doesn't seem like there's an altercation. He literally just points the gun out the window and shoots him. Like, hey, how's it going? He's walking up to the car and he shoots him. Correct. In front of his wife as well. Incredible. With, I'm sure, the kids probably in the house or something. Yeah, that sounds uh-huh. premeditated. That sounds yes. planned. So things like that, like, I feel like that draws a line to me at. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to Casey Anthony, I mean, lying for months. Right. Like. That's also a premeditation. She planned, yes. you know, and she, especially with the whole, um, she knew exactly how much she didn't want to be a parent anymore. She was right. constantly pawning Kaylee off on grandparents, yes? Yes. So, I mean, she knew. Yeah. Like, she had been, she, at some point, because she was of some sound mind. Yeah. So, at some point, she had to be like, all right, how am I going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. But, like, that little girl's body being, like, found right by the home... Yeah. I mean, the home she's living in. Yep. It was and in the then, trunk, right? Or in the car? Well, so, no. It was actually found in the woods by, like, an electrical guy. I don't like, know a lot about this case. Oh. I just know that it happened and that she probably I killed her child. the court case every single day. Super. Um, with my sister. Mm-hmm. So, story goes that... Sorry to interrupt one story with another story, but if you don't know or you're not familiar, and I'm sure there isn't anybody who isn't familiar. Also, if you don't like sidebars. Sorry. This is your skipping time. I'm going to try to be quick with it. Point is, in <clears throat> June, mm-hmm. her mother, Casey Anthony's mom, okay. Kaylee's grandmother, calls police to say she's just been told by her daughter that the granddaughter is missing. That Kaylee is missing. Okay. And that she has no idea where she is. She's just been told she's been allegedly missing for, like, two weeks at this point. And that Casey's been trying to handle this herself. The nanny took her somewhere, won't give her up, won't say where she is. And then Casey makes up this person, who I won't say because she... There is somebody with that name. There's quite a few people. Really? Yes. There is somebody with that name, and she got, like, death threats and, like, hate mail and, like... But she had nothing to do with it. Right. Never was a babysitter, etc. So, then 
the mom, the grandmother, of course, is like freaking out on the 911 call. Like, I don't know anything. This is just what she's told me. She's mm-hmm. just told me right now. Like, we wanted to see her. We haven't seen her. And we haven't seen Kaylee since this date. Right. Um, maybe it was like Mother's Day because this was like June, I think. And so already, like, they haven't seen her since this date. And now they found out that she's missing. She's allegedly missing for only two weeks now. And Casey's been trying to find her on her own. Why? So then, of course, the cops come, and the father tells him, tells them that there was an odor in the trunk of the car mm-hmm. that Casey would borrow every now and then. Mind you, though, they didn't know at the time that Kaylee was missing. So no one, and her father's an ex-cop, and he said it smelled like something was dead. But again, your first thought is not your granddaughter, right? Because as far as you know, she's alive and well. Also, it's unfathomable. It's not right. something that your mind goes to because it's, it's a coping mechanism. You Correct. don't want to, right? And so you think, okay, maybe she left her lunch in here or something spoiled. Right. So, police investigated that. They did find evidence that there was something dead in the trunk. Hmm. By based on like mm, maggots. And- yes, like whatever scientific crap you can do biological matter yes was found. things like okay. that um well at this point they still haven't found like the body mm-hmm. it's not till like july i think that they even find the body wow and that guy finds it by happenstance because he just went in the woods to pee because he's around there doing like electrical work right and had to pee okay. doing like he was a meter reader i think for the electric company oh, okay um so he so then we all know that Casey tells all these elaborate lies and they're trying to make her go back like to where she works and all these things to like retrace mm-hmm. what's been happening the last two weeks and what she's been doing to try to find her daughter well she takes him to Universal because mm-hmm. that's where she works she doesn't actually work there they get there and right. she's like actually I can't get in because I don't work here and so there's a couple things they take she takes the cops on like a wild goose chase like trying to retrace her steps she can't take them to where Zanny lives because she doesn't know because there isn't one right so they're all really confused like we're just trying to help you find your daughter and she's like I just I don't know and still putting it on this nanny Mm -hmm. then the body is found and they find her with like a little heart sticker like on her lips a heart sticker? yeah Okay. Which is creepy, and, like, mm-hmm. why would a stranger do that? It seems like something a mother would do, if I'm just gonna allege that. child, yeah. Yes. Um, and then she was arrested for it. How do you... I just can't understand how... First of all, you murder a child, yes. I get that. If something were to happen, and you were to freak out and have a momentary... The thing you is, know, though, lose it. a lot of people but, feel like she's actually the one who used to drug Kaylee so she could go out. That's what I, That's my thought So, process, a lot of people, that, the theory was that, oh, and by the way, she was partying. A lot of those pictures of her in the club yes. was while the baby was allegedly missing. missing. Right, yes. And she's out partying. That's the wet so, t-shirt contest or the hot Right, at the bar, yeah. Or something. Um, so, that being said, I think... Most people's suspicion is that she would put her, like, to sleep with, like, Benadryl or NyQuil or something. That was my thought. Like yeah, that. Is that she gave her too much Xanax. Correct. And accidentally overdosed her. Correct. However. So that's the biggest did, theory. Did they test toxicology? 
too stuff. late, I think, at that point. Oh, maybe it could have been too degraded. It, yeah, it was like... See, and that's another thing. First of all, like, you murder your child. <clears throat> I can understand it's still horrendous and yeah. horrific, but yeah. if you murder your child and you have a momentary freak out, mm-hmm. you don't just dump them in the woods, you know? You have a momentary freak out, you kill your child... And then you freak out again. You're like, oh my god, I just killed my child. Yeah. You call police. You go find somebody who can help you. Yeah, but not somebody who's a liar. Exactly. She's already been a liar. She's been a liar, like, her whole life. Right. As far so as So, my thing is, like, how do you said. just dump your three-year-old daughter in the fucking woods? How do you do that? In Florida, no less. Mm-hmm. Where there's all kinds of fucking wildlife. Well, the problem is, it's also close to the house, so she could always go back if she wanted to. To what? To visit. To visit your dead, decaying daughter. That's that why a lot her. of murderers keep Super. things or they Ugh, go back and visit. Freaks me out. But, like, you don't want to be far away. Yeah. But, again, if it's an accident, you are now in the panic of, oh, God. I'm going to be caught. Right. Like, one, this was an accident, but, oh, shit, like, I also gave her drugs and I'm going to be in trouble for this and I don't yes. want to be in trouble for this. Right. What do I do? But you don't then you go to lie. house. So the thing is, though, the defense put it on her parents. Are you kidding me? No. So, although they were not on trial, the defense said that she drowned in the grandparents' swimming pool, which is like an above-ground pool, uh-huh. which they would, like, let her swim in. They right. swim in it together all the time, but they did their best to take precautions and I right. think one time she may have fallen in but she was fine because uh-huh. she could start to climb now and it has a ladder but she's the grandmother took the stand and said no we always make sure we put the ladder up you know mm-hmm. diligent about that but the defense's thing was that the grandparents did it she drowned while there and then they buried the body but the dad and prosecution were like, no, Casey borrowed this shovel from me. Casey borrowed this from me. Didn't they find water in her lungs? Or did they look? No. Hmm. Not that I know of. There's really no evidence to support what the defense had to say. So but how did she get a Because it was like, it was a, a defense of that, like, this is why I think we shouldn't have juries. One of the reasons. But... It was like the defense's argument was so crazy that it just put enough doubt. And that's basically the point of being a defense lawyer is to make something right. like doubt so crazy. Just enough. To, yes, to just provide enough doubt for your mm-hmm. client to win. So it was very, very frustrating. I feel very bad for her parents. Um, yeah. There is a show on ID Channel, like a series about it. Yeah, if I'll you're, watch it. Um, interested. That'll but happen. I don't have cable, though, so it'll have to be on... Uh... Look on Amazon. Okay. It's probably on there. I'm Nicole Finari. And I'm Stacey Moore. And we're the hosts of Movies That Matter, the podcast about recent films going above and beyond the call of box office returns to boldly explore a social issue affecting people's lives. Nothing's off limits. From art house films to action blockbusters to animated kids' movies, every film has something to say, whether we like it or not. Check out Movies That Matter on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, because movies matter. And so do you. Um, so it was July 5th, 2011 that she was found not guilty. Ugh, I remember that day. And she smiled in the courthouse. Yes, I and it was really creepy. 
So, oh, March 7th last year, she did an interview on Today's Show. Really? Yeah. She just says she doesn't know how Kaylee dies. She's oh, of course she doesn't. a liar. <laughs> She's a liar. I agree. It's just really sad. There's a couple YouTube videos you can find about it. But anyway, back to mine. <laughs> Mystery. So, basically, we know that it indicates a lack of intent to kill. In Pennsylvania, criminal, criminal code... Insanity applies to someone whose disease or defect leaves him unable to either understand that his conduct conduct is wrong or to conform it to the law. What? Exactly. How could he not understand that his conduct was wrong? I think he could. I think it's a bunch of crap. So, the jury verdict of guilty but mentally ill meant that sentencing would be referred to the judge, Patricia Jenkins. She could have sentenced... DuPont to 5 to 40 years. DuPont was sentenced to 13 to 30 years incarceration and was housed at the State Correctional Institution Mercer, a minimum security institution in the Pennsylvania prison system. Following the guilty verdict, Nancy Schultz, Dave's widow, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against DuPont. The amount of the settlement was not disclosed. The Philadelphia Inquirer, citing anonymous sources, reported DuPont was to pay Schultz at least 35 mil. So, they did file appeals, um, his attorneys. In 2000, his case reached the U.S. Supreme Court, which upheld the verdict. So, thank God the Mm -hmm. government does one thing right. Um, DuPont was first eligible for parole on January 29, 2009, and it was denied. Um, His maximum sentence would have ended on January 29, 2026, when he would have been 87. So... In 2010, the Third Circuit U.S. Appeals Court in Philadelphia rejected all but one issue raised on appeal involving his use of Bulgarian prescription drug scopolamine before he fatally shot Schultz in 1996 and requested written briefs. So, I guess they found one thing that might have made him a little, quote-unquote, crazy. But nothing came of that, by the way. Right. Um, He still had to sit in jail. For how long? Um, well, he ended up passing at the age of 72 while in jail um, on December 9th, 2010. So, like, 20 years? Mm-hmm. Um, he died from COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was found unresponsive in his bed at the State Correctional Institution in Laurel Highlands. He was pronounced dead at 6.55 a.m. at Somerset Community Hospital. And this kind of makes me a little irritated. Mm-hmm. He was buried in his red Foxcatcher wrestling singlet in accordance with his will at the DuPont de Nemours Cemetery in Wilmington, Delaware. That is incredible. I what mean, is, uh, what at is 72, this? you still want to wear your wrestling uniform? Uh, it's a singlet, which is... Like the leotard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not the silliest thing? This is my favorite thing. Look at this. Aren't they funny? Oh, God. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Perfect. Just what every man needs is a wrestling singlet. Is there a picture of him in the singlet? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Just Google Google him. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty online. 
John DuPont. That's two separate words. Yeah, so he did help fund the new basketball arena at Villanova University, which opened in 1986, but after his conviction, his name was removed from the facility. Incredible. Yes, so... um, After his arrest... Um, DuPont had sold off the dairy herd, nearly 70 Guernseys, in the fall of 1996. He ordered all the buildings at Foxcatcher Farm to be painted a matte black. My kind of farm. Mm. A little intrigued. Goth farm. I know. It's where they breed all the evanescences of the world. <laughs> Lord. The Delaware Museum of Natural History, which DuPont formerly headed and which held the dairy farm in trust, sold that portion in January 1998 after his conviction and sentencing to prison. A 123-acre segment is now occupied by the campus of the Episcopal Academy, a private independent K-12 school founded in 1785, which moved there in 2008 from split campuses located in the nearby Philadelphia mainline communities of Marion and Devon. He did not age well. No, he didn't. He looked awful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, moving on, people disputed his will, blah, blah, blah. Um, he had bequeathed 80% of his estate to Bulgarian wrestler Valentin Yordanov, an Olympic champion who had trained at Foxcatcher and Yordanov's relatives. Hmm. Um... In 2011, DuPont's niece, Beverly A. DuPont Goggle, and nephew William H. DuPont filed a petition to challenge that w- the will in Media, Pennsylvania, asserting that DuPont was not of sound mind when he made his will. Hmm. The petition claims that during that period, John DuPont asserted alternately that he was Jesus Christ, the Dalai Lama, and, the Ru- and a Russian czar. I mean, same though. Right? <laughs> On a good day. <laughs> On a good day. Very much like the Queen of England. That's how I would say. Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. not equate myself with the Russian Czar, but... I mean... I'd be, uh... No, he is not Russian. Anyway, the, the petition was dismissed, so they said, too bad. Um... So, representation in the media. Here's where you can find some things about him. Um... DuPont's murder of Dave, of Dave Schultz is recounted in the 2013 true crime book, Wrestling and Madness. Oh, also, that podcast I was talking to you about earlier that was talked that brought it up was a podcast by Mark Schultz, hmm. which is the younger brother of the deceased. I didn't know that. Yes, so it was a podcast by him. Um, not sure what it was. It didn't mention what podcast. Probably something to do with sports or true crime. Not really sure. Um... So, in 2014, the film Foxcatcher, if you have not seen it, seen it, please do so. It's a great film. Um, Steve Carell. Yep, was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor. He is and fantastic. Yep. And Mark Ruffalo. Yep. They play the brothers. Hmm. So, it's an amazing film. Um, so, his brother, Olympic wrestling champion Mark Schultz, wrote Foxcatcher, the true story of my brother's murder, John DuPont's madness in the quest for Olympic gold. So, in the movie, if I'm not mistaken, what drives him a little crazy is his sort of weird... He is... He's a little quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like his 
um, drive for perfection from not only himself but his athletes Mm -hmm. in winning is what ends up driving him mad to insanity. I don't know that's the real story. It's a movie. But seems like this says nothing as to why he went crazy. Hmm. Um, also, ESPN Films featured the story of DuPont and Team Foxcatcher and the t- 2015 30 for 30 series, The Prince of Pennsylvania. They do a lot. Those are really interesting. Um, they did, like, an O.J. Simpson one. So, mm. yeah, if you like ESPN Films, check that one out. Um, it features several mem- former members of the Foxcatcher wrestling team, including Mark Schultz, as well as John DuPont's ex-wife, Gail Denny, and Mark and Dave Schultz's parents. Hmm. So, very sad. They're still alive. Yeah. Um, the film was directed by Jesse Vile, premiered October 20, 2015, um, and got a letter Dave Schultz wrote to Prince Albert of Monaco, rejecting his proposal for Schultz to become the coach of a wrestling team in Monaco. What? That's how good he was. Wow. Prince of Monaco wanted him to become the team's... Oh, shit. Yeah, coach, and he told him no. Well, fuck. I'm guessing that's probably how he signed it. Sure. The Prince of Pennsylvania. A little humor thrown in there to a... little cocky. To a royal. A little cocky, yes. I wouldn't dare. I would. I wouldn't. (laughs) Um, And then finally, the Netflix documentary that came out in 2016 called Team Foxcatcher. Hmm. Um, it's really good. I've seen it. It's wonderful. So that's a little bit, um, not a little bit. That is about John DuPont, and I'll just discuss quickly a little bit about Dave Schultz, Mm -hmm. who was the victim of John DuPont. Um, he was born June 6, 1959 in Palo Alto, California. Um, he, his parents were Dorothy Jean St. Germain and Philip Gary Schultz. He was the brother of Mark Schultz and two half-siblings, Michael and Shauna. Schultz was half-Ukrainian Jewish and half-British descent. Oh, that would explain that beard. Yes, um, very much so. His paternal grandparents were Estelle Bernstein, a prominent paper company executive, and Maxwell L. Schultz, a business consultant. He said in a video that he was a Christian by faith. Um, hmm. As a child, poor Dave was overweight and his nickname was Pudge, poor baby, and was often bullied at school by classmates for his weight and appearance. He suffered. He also suffered from dyslexia, which many of his teachers mistook mistook for mental disabilities. Poor guy. Sweet little baby. Mm-hmm. Um, he began wrestling in junior high at David Star Jordan Middle School in Palo Alto. In 1977, as a senior at Palo Alto High School, he became state champion. Um, that year, he also won both his first national and international wrestling titles. So, he started young, did well. He was pretty successful, it seems. Mm-hmm. So, he had a great high school career. He went on to continue that in college. Um, he... His world and Olympic career, he won 10 senior national titles, 8 in freestyle, and 2 in Greco-Roman over a 19-year span at three weight divisions, 149.9 pounds, 163 pounds, and 180.5 pounds. Um, 
In international competition, Schultz won a 1983 World Championship and a 1984 Olympic gold medal, competing with the United States team. He won the gold medal at the 74 kilograms weight class over Martin Knops from the Federal Republic of Germany. I'm sure that's not how you say that, but we're going to go with it. He won four World Cup and two Pan American Games titles and is the only American to ever twice win the prestigious tournament in Tilbasi, Georgia. In hmm. all, he was a seven-time World and Olympic medalist. So basically, he was great. Yeah. Um, him, together, David and his brother Mark Schultz, along with the Bonich brothers, were the first American brothers to each win gold medals in the same Olympics, and likewise, the only American brothers to win both World and Olympic championships. So, um, he was great. He trained a lot of wrestlers. Um, um, anyway, he was 36 at the time of his death. Um, if you're wondering, he was cremated. I don't know why that's important, but it's in here. Um, he was, of course, survived by his wife, Nancy, his son, Alexander, his daughter, Danielle, his siblings, and both parents. But at the trial... Um, Speaking of, like, things the defense says, neither the prosecution nor the defense suggested a motive for the crime. So, hmm. just defending their client, but no one suggested a reason why. Because there was no reason. Correct. Um, so, Schultz's father told the New York Times that the fact that he's officially gone, this is in response to... DuPont passing in prison. The fact that he's officially gone is almost a moot point. I did forgive the man for what he did. I never forgave the act. Um, Mark Ruffalo played him in Foxcatcher, if you're wondering who was who. Oh. Um, so it sounds like the story of events leading to his death are portrayed. It sounds like it's pretty much a true to... Mm-hmm. The version of what people saw from sure. dealing with him, point of what happened. Um, of course, some of the details, I'm sure, are a little... As far as finding a reason as to why. Um, but he did leave a legacy behind. So, after Schultz's murder, 20 former Foxcatcher athletes were left without training or coaching resources six months before the 1996 Olympic Games. Schultz's widow founded the Dave Schultz Wrestling Club in March 1996 to sponsor the stranded wrestlers through the Olympics. The club succeeded beyond the initial goal. It continued to train athletes in both men's and women's freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling until it closed in 2005. Um, among the wrestlers who competed under Dave Schultz WC sponsorship were Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. Hmm. And he went on to, like, WWE or WWF, mm-hmm. whichever it was at that time. And Brandon Slay, I don't know who that is, Olympic bronze medalist Patricia Miranda, and world champion Stephen Neal. Hmm. So, yeah, um, he was pretty important in the wrestling community and pretty good at what he did. So, very sad, but that's pretty much it. If you want to see a list of all of his achievements... You can go to Wikipedia, which is where I got all this from. Mm-hmm. 
thank you, Wikipedia, and read it all. But he was pretty accomplished, and it's a pretty crazy story. If you have time to watch any documentaries about it, you should. It's really interesting. That guy's really creepy, and he sounds really creepy. Yeah, it just blows my mind that you would be okay with driving up to someone's home and shooting them in front of their wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, like... like, Let's just go kill a person now. I mean, yeah, I mean, they all lived on his property, so it's not like he had to go far. So to me, like, is it because of distance that it doesn't show, like, premeditation? Because he just drove down the driveway? I don't understand. What if he, I mean, like, he could have shot the wife also, though, you know? Right. For witnessing it. Mm. But no, singled out an individual, did what he had to do, and Mm. then went and held himself up in his home for two days. That's wild. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I wonder what the guard thought of it. Um, well, as one individual says, it sounds like he was kind of, like, egging him on. But Hmm. I would be curious to know the testimony of that guard, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really give any perspective on testimonies or what he had to say. Hmm. Um, maybe we should look into that, or I should look into that. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway. There's that. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, wait. I have a question. I got it. a question from a listener, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let me cool. get to it. <clears throat> so, and this is something you and I have talked about, but... Um... So, she wants to know what the best option for a daily SPF that isn't a makeup primer or straight-up sunscreen. Hmm. Um, for a daily SPF? Mm-hmm. There are some setting sprays. Like, Supergoop has a setting spray that's got SPF in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is, I don't know if it has talc in it or zinc. Right. For a flashback. So. Well, let me just... I'll give you some background... They're not probably much makeup involved, but mm-hmm. also not really worried about flashback per se. Yeah. They mentioned after that just a moisturizer with SPF. So, I mean, I know we talked about like the Peter Thomas Roth, like the, I guess it's a mineral. I yeah, say mineral because it's dry, SPF. but like a mineral one. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, for me, I can't seem to keep SPF on my face and keep my makeup intact. Right. <sighs> yeah. So, I give up. Um, but a moisturizer, I know Murad has a daily moisturizer with SPF in it. Yes. Okay, that's a good suggestion. So, I mean, either find a... If you're one of those people who are looking for some way to wear SPF but not wanting to layer a thousand things on your face... Mm-hmm. Um, a good foundation with an SPF, yep. but like, if you're worried about flashback, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go anywhere near fifty. I'd leave Agreed. it at like thirty max. Yeah, yeah, because the most uh, the the thing that causes flashback is the zinc or mm-hmm. the um, what's the other thing? Talc. Yes. In it. Mm-hmm. So if it's a powder that has SPF, it's probably going to have a whole lot of talc in it. Yeah. We're just going to give you a giant flashback. Correct. Um, and for those of you who don't know, a flashback is when you take a picture with a flash camera and then you see a bunch of white powder all over your face and it looks like you have a really bad Coke problem. Right. 
A la Lindsay Lohan and Nicole Kidman. Yes. So I would just like to educate all the young people who look at those pictures or have seen those pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what's commonly referred to now as baking. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. But what it really is is something you would do before you do like a dark shadow Mm -hmm. in order to catch any Fallout. fallout. That you might get mm-hmm. from something, mm-hmm. which I'm iffy about Fallout because I know a lot of people will say Fallout's a tech technique issue. It's not, but I feel like it's a little bit of both. I think it depends if yeah. you have shadows that don't generally, but you pile it on too much on your brush, then mm-hmm. yes. But then there's some shadows like blues you need to grab a lot of the shadow mm-hmm. or you're not getting any pigment it's pigment happen right so then you get a lot of fallout from yep. blue and black generally if i'm trying to really pack on a color i'll use my hand my finger well there's that I feel too like it picks it up way better yeah um and then just tap it on the area and then mm-hmm. brush it out yes but that's another good suggestion yeah Anyway, mm-hmm. so yes, find a moisturizer with it that's like an all-in-one, Yep. but stay away from anything higher than 30. Mm-hmm. And wear it every day. And wear it every day. important no matter if you're inside or out. You need to be wearing Sorry, it. Sorry, I'm guilty of not. I mean, me too, but that's just because I'm lazy. Um, if I wear Studio Fix, it has SPF in it. Yeah, my. I don't know if my makeup forever does, but I know that my... Really? My other one does. Sorry. Ugh. Anyway. I'm very tired now. I know. It's the wine. That's Um, what it is. So maybe we shouldn't drink and podcast. (laughs) No drinking and podcasting. Yes. Well, not this Anyway. So I guess follow us on FAM Pod on Twitter. Uh Uh-huh. And FAM Podcast on Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. And email fame spelt and spelt misfortune spelt mm-hmm. at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you have any questions yeah and we'll answer your beauty questions yeah thanks listener you're very welcome single singular person who <laughs> asked us a question um, ashley <laughs> not um, work ashley different ashley oh okay ashley e but not that ashley, ashley e not related <laughs> to work that got really confusing Jeez. sorry Anyway, um, yeah. So follow us, like, share, comment, review. Yeah, and thanks for like to that. all the podcasts being so nice on like Instagram really and nice, stuff. Aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're really so kind. Sweet. So um, I know that we are uh, teaming up with Jamie from Murderish here soon, and we're yes. going to be featured on a very, very big episode of hers that I am beyond ecstatic yeah, it about. Sounds really exciting. It's going to be very good. Um, Super excited. So if you don't follow and subscribe to Murderish, do it now. Well, do okay. it after you subscribe to ours. But, right, you know, ours first, but then go to hers. Correct, mm-hmm. um, and then also, um, you know, do your thing. Yeah, tell everybody else to fuck off. Yep, there you go. Okay, bye, bye.